Sometimes the best way to start a new business is to see something that you don't like in the world and that others don't like either, and you think, I could make that better. That's exactly what Christine Blackledge did and when she started a small home health care business that has now become an international business, and she now teaches others how to do the same. It couldn't be more important to care for the seniors around us, and Christine has a real passion for that. I can't wait to share her story with you. Without any further ado, here's my conversation with Christine. Hey, real quick, I know I said that the conversation was about to start, but before it does, I wanted to share something really important with you. Mike Tyson once said that everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I don't know about you, but 2020 has kind of felt like a punch in the mouth. It can feel like you're dizzy, you're out of control, you're even on your back in business. But I know you, the entrepreneur, the business owner, the leader. You're the kind of person who's going to get back up off the mat. But what are you going to do next? The next step, the next plan matters a lot. That's why we're doing a live event in March. Yes, we're planning a live event of real people in person. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. March 29th and 30th here in St. Augustine, Florida. Now, this is going to be a pretty exclusive event because we're only selling 150 tickets. I'm telling you about it now first here on the podcast. If you want to grab a seat, you want to secure your place so you can be amongst another 150 other business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders. And I am going to teach my business growth framework that's going to be brand new rolling out next year based on my last 21 years of year-over-year business growth, even in the midst of this pandemic. So how do you get your seat? Go to businessbuilderslive.com. Like I said, tickets are going to sell out fast. You got to get there, grab your seat. I hope they're still available when you listen to this. And I cannot wait to see you in March here in sunny St. Augustine, Florida. Now, here's the actual podcast. Hey, Christine, thanks for being on the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's great to uh, have you today, and I'm, I'm excited to hear about your story of entrepreneurship and business growth and, and kind of how that can help other people in their business growth journey. So tell us a little bit about your, your kind of story from an entrepreneur perspective. How did you become an entrepreneur? What, what did that journey look like for you? It looks a little different for everyone. Yeah. So that journey, it looked like for 30 years, I wanted to be doing what I'm doing today. And it started where I was working for for someone else and it became um, apparent to me that one of my relatives needed support in healthcare. So I was looking for a senior care facility for him to to go into and I just couldn't find something that I felt was suitable for him that was a smaller unit, a home-from-home environment. So I started my own senior care business and that was for a small unit of no more than four individuals to live in the senior care unit that was registered with the government. So that's where I started. So you basically looked around and saw, gosh, I don't see anything that is up to the standard of what I want. So I'm going to make it myself. I mean, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. What what kind of things, what kind of hurdles did you encounter in those early days when you were starting that business up? What did that look like? Oh, I was ridiculed. People laughed at me. They thought there's no way you're going to be able to build, uh, sorry, have a small unit. You know, everyone's used to these big places that have got 60 or more senior people that live in that accommodation. So people thought it was impossible. But I had a vision 
and I knew that I could provide a home from home environment in the community. So you said you had a vision, like what, what kind of things were you thinking about at that point that you wanted to accomplish that other people weren't accomplishing? I was thinking I want to have a home from home environment for the elderly to live in the community without leaving their community, still being a part of that community and still provide that home from home environment, organic food, organic vegetables, just the best possible care that I could give, the one-to-one attention and not for them to go into a big unit and feel frightened. I mean, it's scary enough as it is having to move out of your own home, but to go into a big unit is even more scarier. So I wanted to create a small home from home environment so that people felt safe and they felt that they were not losing their community of where they've grown up or their lives, for example. Absolutely. So you started that initial care unit for four individuals. And then what what happened after that? I got registered. I started doing really well. I got full straight away within the first week of opening up. I had uh, senior care individuals come to live in the property and I then started to think right okay this is a a good business model so I'll do another one so I just kept opening up different care homes within the communities. So as you opened those care homes I imagine you had to find people to work there and help them right like so so what what was that like a lot of times building a team and getting people to work and and operate at the same level that you expect can be really hard So what did you learn along the way as you kind of started to bring in team members to help with those things? I learned along the way. I had my my mission and my vision statement. And my mission was to the staff members to look after the service users living in the accommodation as if it was their own relative, as if it was their own mother, father, auntie, cousin, brother, sister, to have that same ethos to provide an excellent Service. So there were certain sets of questions that I had for interviewing and making sure that people were suitable to meet the needs. And also in terms of the legislation, I had to ensure that the policies, procedures were all up to scratch and also that they met the right criteria and that the individual staff members were able to deliver a high standard of care because I would not accept any any less basically so there was it was very difficult I had to choose the right individuals and you know that does take time so that caused me to have to do more overtime because I wanted to ensure that things were correct within the unit. So you spent a lot of time in those early years trying to make sure it worked yourself. Oh yes yes. Which I think is pretty true for a lot of entrepreneurs. Yeah exactly my first unit I was there for five weeks solid and then it ended up being where I was there for half of the time so I was away from my family as well Mm. and so what was that like I know you've got a you've got a couple of kids I think it's in your bio said you had four kids that's Um, right and so being away from family is really hard you have four boys I have three boys and I have two little girls as well and so what what kind of age were they at at that point and and how did that work for you because that's a hard thing to be away from family for that long they were One was nine years old, and then there was seven, and then five at the time. So I had three boys at the time. And it was difficult because I would 
wave from the window. They'd come and see me in the morning when they were going off to school because I lived right opposite mm. of where my unit was. Even more difficult seeing my children go home and, and things like that. But I'd wave from the window and, you know, that, that was just how it was. We just had mm. to do things that way. And that was the, the legacy that I was leaving is for them to have something in their future. So, you know, I had this vision. I knew what it was. My husband supported me as well. And so, you know, we were able to make our dream happen. And, you know, ultimately, that's such a, the kids got to see you working so hard to try and accomplish mm-hmm. that dream and goal, which is a huge value as well. I always think we obviously need to spend time with our kids, but there's also a balance of that, of them seeing like, wow, my mom or dad is working really hard to accomplish right. this thing. And they're doing that to help other people but they're also doing yeah. it to help our family. Exactly. And I think that's the best kind of mission is, is when they see that kind of passion. Uh, I yeah. love that you said you had your mission statement and you had your vision statement and that's kind of, kind of the guiding light. You know, I think a lot of small businesses, I know for me personally, I waited way too long to kind of craft those things because I just kind of winged it along the way. And the problem that I ran into in that mm-hmm. was it became just about delivering a product and not accomplishing a mission. And that's a very yeah. different thing. You know, it's very different to say, well, we're going to, like in our case, back in the day, we just built websites. So yeah. we're going to build a website. Well, that's one thing. But now our mission is about helping other people grow their business. Well, that's a lot bigger yeah. than putting pixels yeah. or words on the screen because we're helping somebody else accomplish their dream. We're helping somebody else accomplish, yeah. you know, their goals. And that's a big deal. And so having that mission and vision statement was really important, it sounds like, for you. How did you develop those at the beginning? Like, how did you decide this is what our mission and vision are going to be? Well, the third, first thing I did was I wrote an action plan. That was the first thing I did. And within the action plan, uh, one of those lists was, was my mission and my vision statement. And my mission was to have a 10-year plan for being international and not just the UK, but international. And we're currently in Cyprus at the moment and we're planning to, and we're also in America as well. I help individuals in the States as well as the UK. Cyprus and Jamaica. So my mission is within 10 years to be an international organization to help individuals to set up a healthcare business. So they don't necessarily have to come from a healthcare background. They can learn what I teach them, which is I do boot camps. I do training boot camps to teach individuals how to do this particular type of business. So this business could be care home, it could be medical staffing agency, it could be medical school as well, and also children's homes. So it's types of healthcare businesses, that's what I help individuals do to set that up. Or those that are already running and doing well that want to take it to the next level, I also help individual organizations in this as well. I love that idea because it's it's this principle of you've already done the work yourself. You know what it takes. You've, mm. you've, you've kind of gone yeah. through all the speed bumps. You've overcome all the obstacles. And now you're going, all right, I figured this out. I have a working machine. So now I'm going to show you how to do it too. Mm. And then you're able to multiply your effect to some extent because yeah. you're able to help other people do the same thing you've done. And you're just kind of yeah. multiplying those those opportunities around the world. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it's so it's so wonderful to feel that I'm helping individuals to do this. Uh, I'm serving people. Yeah, absolutely. I just love those ideas. So 
as you uh, kind of grew that business, maybe even before you started kind of the boot camps and coaching uh, that you're doing now to teach other people how to do the same, what were some of the other obstacles that you ran into? You obviously had government obstacles, you know, with regulations and making sure you had the right paperwork and all that. But what, what other kind of obstacles did you have? And had, had you ever run a business before this or no? Was this your first business? It was my first in 1994. So, yes, yeah. I did have a model agency before that, <laughs> but uh, that's another story. It did well, but uh, it's another story. I was a lot younger then, so I won't go into that. But yes, for this, for me and my family, we come from a healthcare background. So I, I was brought up with my mum being a nurse. And uh, so I've always, and my grandma was a nurse as well. So I've always learn to to care for people care for individuals and it just seemed like a natural transition for me to do what I'm doing today and that's by teaching people to give value and to serve and care for people to the best 150 percent you know as much as they possibly can so that's what I enjoy doing is to see the results uh, see them doing really well and I've been a part of that I love that what I'm curious about is in the midst of this whole pandemic that we've all been going through this year in 2020, it's been one of the craziest years ever, maybe the craziest year ever. It's just the most bizarre thing that we're all experiencing. And obviously, it's affected a lot of elderly care or senior care facilities at a really high level because those people are at much higher risk at a certain age bracket. You, you become riskier and riskier with the current virus. So what's what have you learned in the midst of all of this chaos? What, what have you learned, you know, about business and entrepreneurship that maybe you, you hadn't realized in the last, gosh, 20 plus years of business? I never imagined that anything like this would have come about. I was concerned for my business at, at one time because I thought, what if people just stop? But with care, and I say, unfortunately, because, you know, it's not nice that we're getting older, we're living longer, so more care is needed. With, for me, I found that the increase has been more. So instead of it slowing down, it's actually increased because people have been made redundant. People have lost their jobs. People are working from home. So they want to now think about starting their own medical staffing agency. Uh, for example, so for me, it's increased and I never, none of us would have ever imagined that this was going to come about, this pandemic. And for me, I can see that I've used this to do more online training, whereas before I used to do face-to-face -face training, I started last year doing online training, online boot camps, online uh, webinars, and I think me starting that from last year before the pandemic hit, it's enabled me to carry on being successful today. So that's one thing that we must all do is try and look at what we can do for the future. And for the future now, is a lot of things are online. So for me, it's been, I've been lucky to say that I've been able to train more people in starting their healthcare business online. Yeah, it's really fortunate that you uh, started the, doing the online services before all of this because everybody else was trying to catch up after it started. I, I said, we, we built this video studio that I'm in now last year, or it was kind of in the works before that. But 
I'm so thankful that I have it now because I can do live teachings. I can come in here and hit a button and I have a live studio with lights and audio and all that kind of stuff. And it's been great to have, especially in the midst of this, because there's so much more happening online now. But at the same time, I often feel like it's a lot harder. Like, you know, you've taught in person in front of live groups and you've taught online now. And we're blessed to have the opportunity to teach online. But I find it really hard compared to being in front of people because you just yeah. you just have the same feel. Like when people are in the room, it's just a different dynamic. So what have you yeah. done and what are you doing to, to allowing you to still connect with people, especially when you're teaching other groups of people? It is, I think it's harder to teach on a screen than it is to teach in real life. So what's yeah. that look like for you? Uh, for me, what I try and do is I still do the activities that I would do as if I was there physically with them. And then I get them to show me their screens as well. And we all communicate. We're showing our faces online. And it's not the same as being there physically where I'm walking over to them and, and assisting. However, because I'm doing extra, instead of just doing uh, two hours, I'm doing three Sorry, I'm doing, instead of doing two days, I'm doing three days. So I'm giving them extra so that they can learn a bit more and get to grips with things because not everyone is computer savvy. Not everyone is knows how to use a spreadsheet. So I try and train for those beginners how to use a spreadsheet, how to download a Word document because not all of my clients are computer savvy. So I have to think about the group that I'm training and try and cater it towards who I'm training the online sessions with. So I do get participation from them. You know, it's not just me talking and showing them things. I need to seek evidence from them that they are listening and that they're doing the work. So yes, it is more, takes a bit longer. However, it's the same as me having to travel Mm -hmm. on the subway or in my car stay in a hotel hey i've only got to do an extra day so it's the same factor as that and they're getting more yeah that makes a lot of sense and i love the idea of you saying that you're getting participation from the audience i think that's a key element especially if you're teaching a group how to do something if you can't see that they're getting it in person it's a little bit easier to kind of look at somebody and go okay they're not quite getting it. i need to walk over there and make sure they have what they need where online, it's easy for them to kind of get lost or distracted. So getting them to show work makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned there, I think is really important, is kind of bringing it down to the absolute entry level for everybody. Because yeah. I think a lot of, as we teach, a lot of the mistakes people make sometimes is what I've heard called the curse of knowledge, where it's mm-hmm. kind of the idea that we expect that because we know these things, everybody else knows these things. And yet when we started, we didn't know those things. So why would we expect anybody else to know them? And I think that's really important. So thinking about, we talked a little bit about, you know, the kids needing to stay home in the early years while you were working and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about work-life balance. It's a question I always ask. It means something different to everyone. So I'm curious what work-life balance even means to you and two, how it's changed through different seasons of business and life. Yeah. So when I first started my, my business ventures, my work-life balance was uneven. It was more work. So I was a bit of a workaholic when I first started because when you're building a business, you can become obsessed with it. Now that I've got things under control, 
I make sure that I take time out for, for my family. We do things together. I take time out for myself. I exercise. I swim every day. I always ensure that I get exercise because when you're working from home and you're stagnant, sat at a desk all day, it is not good for the organs, it's not good for your body, it's not good for your mind. So I make sure that I take time out for myself, keep myself fit and healthy. I eat nutritional food as well. You could never, you can't really work from home and sit down all day long because that is not good for your circulation. So having been a, I had a pulmonary embolism five years ago, having suffered that, it's important to keep moving because you don't want to your blood to be stagnant in your body. So it's important for you as a business owner to keep your health and your fitness going as well as your business life and family life. Book time with you, I would say. And that's what I do. I schedule my appointments with me. It's for an hour. But really, it's me. I'm going to do my exercise or I'm going to go swimming. So that's what I do. I love that idea of uh, booking time with you, with yourself, because you're so right. It's so easy to get just stuck behind the screen, especially right now in the middle of this crazy life that we're in. It's so easy to just get stuck behind a screen all day and feel like you got to do it. But sometimes getting up and just going for a 30 minute walk can change everything. I am. Um, I had gotten in a real stagnant state for a while and now I've gotten back where I'm, I'm using this Apple watch and I'm just like kind of making sure that I'm closing all my rings every day. So it's been kind of a thing when I'm not, I'm not exercising strenuously, strenuously like I used to. And I'd like to get back into some more weightlifting and stuff like that in the future. But right now the goal is just, look, I just want to get moving for at least 30 minutes a day. I want to hit my stand goal, which yeah. really means every hour I'm moving around the room for at least a minute or two for your, like you said, just to get things circulated. I mean, there's good science behind that. And I'd imagine because you work with so many seniors, yes. you've seen both people who have taken care of themselves their whole life That's and people right. who haven't. And the outcome at the end, I would imagine, is quite different. Definitely. Definitely. So, so important. And you feel better for doing that. You do that exercise, you feel better, you feel stronger. It clears your mind for a bit as well while you're swimming or or doing, I do fitness walking, I do swimming, I do high intensity as well. And while I'm doing that, it's making me think about what else can I do? And, you know, it's wonderful to just have that exercise because it just clears your mind just for a short while. And then you can go into it stronger when you go back to your desk. Yeah, I think people think they can't afford the time to do it. But the truth is they can't afford the time not to do it exactly. because the risk that they're going to create uh, is is too excessive. Where is the best, two last questions. Uh, number one, where's the best place for people to find you online? And number yeah. two, uh, any parting advice to give people that want to build a business that lasts? Okay. The best part, best way to find me online is go to my website, which is www.christineblackledge.com. And in terms of what I would say, build an action plan. Write down what your goals are and build an action plan and have it so it's three, a three-month action plan. Even if you spend five, ten minutes a day thinking about what business you want to do and what business model you want to, to build to, at least you're moving forward with that goal to getting towards your, your dream of starting a business. 
that's one of the things is to build an action plan, write a list, do a spreadsheet, and then write who's accountable and who's responsible and what the time frame is for each thing for starting a particular type of business. That is one key I would say is do a strategic action plan. Absolutely. You know, I think it's so easy to just get started with things and not have written down those goals or written down the plan. And I've just found the same exact thing that over time, there's something really valuable about taking a pencil and writing it down on a piece of paper or opening a spreadsheet and actually putting that data in the computer and saying, hey, here's what we're going to accomplish by this date. And here's who was, who's responsible for it. I'm responsible for it. So-and-so is responsible for it. And this is the deadline that we're going to have these things done by. And really breaking things down, like you said, into, into measurable chunks or three months. I love yeah. that, like a 90-day sprint. What are we going to do for the next that's 90 it. days that's going to move us towards mm-hmm. our long-term vision? Christine, yeah. thank you so much for your time today and for sharing your you business that. story and insights. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. Really enjoyed it. I hope this episode has given you some ideas or inspiration that will help you grow your business. If you found it helpful and you know somebody else who might benefit from it as well, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take the time to share this with them, maybe on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, or even shoot an email over to a friend uh, with a link to this podcast in it. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our email list at buildingabusinessthatlasts.com.